0: Welcome to the Mass Device Fast Five MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. Today is May 16th. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Hooley. Today we're going to be discussing diabetes news from Dexcom out of Japan, Brainsway's new study for Neurostim, and Medtronic and J&J are eyeing a potential acquisition, Potentially. First things first. How are you, Sean? We're we're just a week out of uh, Device Talks Boston. How are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling better now that the, the pressure is off. But yeah, uh, it was a fun few days in Boston, and uh, really enjoyed seeing all all kinds of people from all kinds of med tech companies and, and all that. And you know, we have some great coverage already up from the conference on on Mass Device and other websites. And uh, there's probably more coming as soon as we can get around to it. So yeah, it was a it was a good time.
0: For sure. And we enjoyed meeting all of our listeners. And hopefully we can do our new listeners well uh, with with our with our continued coverage of the Mass Device news. So, so if,
1: if you are new and you especially if you found out about us at Device Talks, so welcome.
0: Yes. And with that being said, what is the first thing we need to know to get our day started today? All
1: right, to start today, uh, new data supports the Biosense Webster radio frequency ablation technology for treating atrial fibrillation or afib. so some pretty interesting news uh, out of Johnson and Johnson unit.
0: And what did that study evaluate?
1: The study evaluated the Q dot safety and 12-month effectiveness in treating paroxysmal afib using a combination of high power and conventional modes for ablation. So the settings are either very high powered, short duration called Q mode plus and a conventional power temperature controlled Q mode standard setting.
0: Interesting. It seems the company has seen some positive momentum in the market so far. So what were the results of that study?
1: So using data from 166 patients with drug refractory symptomatic AFib, the study demonstrated that use of the Q-mode plus setting, which is the high-powered setting, either alone or in combination with Q-mode, standard setting, improved procedural efficiency, and demonstrated enhanced 12-month effectiveness without compromising safety. So authors reported a 76.7% Kaplan-Meier estimated 12-month rate For primary effectiveness success, the clinical success rate, which was defined as freedom from symptomatic recurrence, came in at 86%. So Biosense Webster said that all the data demonstrated increased efficiency and efficacy when compared to legacy catheters.
0: Yeah, this is interesting. It seems like the breakthrough technology could offer promising results for patients suffering from this kind of common heart rhythm disorder and provide new possibilities for more effective treatment. What exactly is that Q dot catheter? Yeah,
1: it's a, it's an interesting bit of technology. It received CE mark in 2020 and FDA approval last year. It's next generation radio frequency ablation catheter using advanced high energy ablation through improved temperature monitoring, optimized irrigation and higher signal resolution. So the Q mode plus uh, delivers ablation at 90 watts for up to 4 seconds. The standard Q mode delivers radio frequency ablation for up to 50 watts for up to 60 seconds. So the company said it designed the te- catheter to provide temperature control through the intelligent adjustment of power and or irrigation fluid output based on real time temperature management.
0: Interesting. And it looks like we have some more study news. What's the next thing we need to know for the day?
1: Brainsway launched a new study program to evaluate its neurostimulation technology. So Uh, It's an an interesting sort of method for treating some neurological diseases and disorders.
0: And what is the study set to evaluate? The company initiated the program to
1: support further research for deep TMS or transcranial magnetic stimulation uh, by the clinical research community using data collaboration and equipment loan initiatives. Brainsway wants the program to help investigators who are interested in advancing current knowledge about its deep TMS treatment.
0: What does the Brainsway system do?
1: Well, it provides non-invasive neurostimulation uh, to treat mental health disorders using that, as I mentioned, transcranial magnetic stimulation. So not it's it's a bit different than an implant for neurostim, non-invasive. It's quite an interesting bit of technology.
0: That's interesting. It sounds like it's kind of opening the doors for advances in the field of brain health and exploring new avenues for non-invasive treatment options. What is the system currently indicated for?
1: Yeah, Its current indications include major depressive disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, and smoking addiction. The company also said in its news release today that it has additional clinical trials underway for the platform for treating various psychiatric, neurological, and addiction disorders. So we could be seeing more indications down the line. Interesting.
0: Moving on to our next item.
1: More diabetes seems like we have something new every day, but Dexcom touted more clinical evidence for its G6 continuous glucose monitor over in Japan.
0: And I know we've covered the G6 previously on this podcast, but what does this data mean for Dexcom in Japan?
1: Yeah, well, of course, to start, it's just further validation for the CGM, which you'd imagine could never hurt but specifically in Japan, the company actually received a non-adjunctive decision and reimbursement expansion based on the clinical data. So it specifically benefits Dexcom and the G6 users in Japan. So the company says it's now the only real-time CGM system in Japan that can be used to make treatment decisions without routine finger sticks.
0: Wow, this sounds like great news for individuals living with diabetes in Japan as they will have access to this advanced CGM technology and that can help them better manage their glucose levels and improve overall quality of life. As we mentioned before, we've talked about the G6 before, but just in case, what does it do?
1: Yeah, so it's currently now the previous generation of the Dexcom CGM now that the G7 is out, but it uses a small wearable sensor with a transmitter to continuously measure and send glucose levels to a smart device or receiver all wirelessly and it allows people with diabetes to receive their real-time glucose data without needing to scan or, as I mentioned before, pricking their finger for blood. So definitely a step up from the traditional methods.
0: So you mentioned this was a previous generation from the company. How successful has it been since its launch?
1: Yeah, it's one of the leading CGMs on the market and remains a strong proven option, even as Dexcom transitions users to the G7 in some geographies, but it it remains an important piece of Dexcom's business all over the world still. And the company even highlighted that Now more than 300 clinical trials demonstrate the accuracy and efficacy of the CGM. So the platform, according to Dexcom, is supported by more peer-reviewed research than any other system on the market. So it's a proven option, and it has been for a while.
0: Awesome. What's the next thing we need to know for the day?
1: Onward Medical completed the first in human use of its movement-restoring lead. So this is a really interesting bit of news. I'd never heard of Onward Medical before, but it's more neurostim or spinal cord stimulation uh, that could potentially you know, restore movement function and independence for some people with spinal cord injuries.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I also hadn't heard of Onward before. So what is their device designed to do?
1: Yeah. it's It delivers electrical pulses to the spinal cord as part of the company's overall Arc IM system. It's effectively engineered to deliver this therapy to address multiple indications working in combination with a implantable pulse generator or neurostimulator. So it's, it's purpose-built for placement along the spinal cord to stimulate the dorsal roots with specific parameters outlined for each anatomical location.
0: And this is the latest positive news in a string of regulatory wins from the company, right?
1: The Arc-IM therapy received FDA breakthrough device designation in 2021 for the indication that it was used in this first in-human example for poor blood pressure regulation for someone with spinal cord injury. The company reported positive interim results from the first 10 people treated with targeted Arc-IM therapy in December of last year. Those patients also needed blood pressure regulation improvements following spinal cord injury. So all, all participants have reported improved quality of life, the company said, so it's definitely something that is starting to pick up some momentum over the last two years or so.
0: Yeah, that sounds like an exciting development in the field of medical devices. So the last news item, we'd be remiss if we didn't discuss it. So what's the last thing we need to know to get the day started?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a big one. It came a uh, came across the feeds on Friday and our managing editor Jim Hammer and covered it but Medtronic and Johnson and Johnson are reportedly considering the acquisition of Shockwave Medical so it's sort of turning into well a potential bidding war we'll, we'll see what shakes out but there's a lot of rumors flying around about some interest in Shockwave
0: Yeah it sounds like there's more than just these two companies that have interest in the company
1: Right. So last month, we saw reports from Bloomberg citing Boston Scientific as a company taking interest in Shockwave. And that was sort of the first domino to fall, so to speak. At the time, Bloomberg said that Shockwave has a nearly $10 billion market value. So it's it's a pretty big play. And now it appears that Medtronic and Johnson & Johnson have, have entered the bidding war, if you will. But although we'll see if anything you know, materializes from here because it is all currently just speculation.
0: Yeah, Shockwave is a notable player in the medical device industry, and such a move could lead to significant synergies and advancements in the field and further push the boundaries of medical technology and improving patient outcomes. So have any of the companies in this report responded?
1: Well, Jim Hammerand, who covered it, received a statement from Medtronic saying that the company doesn't comment on rumors or speculation, and then received a similar comment from Shockwave Medical saying the same. Johnson & Johnson had not responded to requests for comment as of right now, Uh, but I think it's pretty standard practice in these types of dealings all around from these companies. I I would be very surprised if any of them publicly declared their interest until a deal was way further down the line. Not surprising that the companies are keeping tight-lipped, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on.
0: And it looks like Shockwave Medical is still doing business as usual, right? I mean, I, I just saw some other news come out of there today.
1: Yeah, so they're carrying on normally and continuing to innovate in their coronary intravascular lithotripsy department. Today, the company even announced the launch of a new IVL catheter, the C2+, Plus, for treating severely calcified coronary artery disease using pulsatile sonic pressure. So speculation over any potential acquisition hasn't necessarily thrown anything off course, and Shockwave continues to launch products and innovate and, and do all that.
0: And we'll obviously be keeping a close eye on any of these developments and the potential acquisition and how it may shape the landscape of the industry moving forward. Sean, that's all we have for today. I want to thank you again for coming on and giving us your expertise after a week of being at Device Talks. Yeah,
1: my pleasure. And as as always, you can read more on the Mass Device website. Both read more about stories we discussed today and, and what went down at Device Talks. Check out our show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast.
0: Connect with us online. I'm on Twitter at Danielle underscore Kirsch, K-I-R-S-H, and the same name on LinkedIn. What about you, Sean? Sean S-E-A-N
1: W H O O L E Y on LinkedIn.
0: Subscribe to the Device Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us Wednesday for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening.